My name is Blake Hargreaves, and this is Future Stops. The music you're hearing is being performed by Alexander Bartfeld, an accomplished young organist from Russia with a sophisticated European musical sensibility at St. Pierre de Chartreux in Toulouse. At Future Stops, we're always looking for undiscovered pockets of the organ community around the world, and in that search came across Alexandra on Instagram, where she's speaking directly with other organists about the highs and lows of the job and sharing these discussions with the public through her series, Organ Talk. She interviews organists and people whose lives are connected to the organ, inviting questions from her followers. And she hosts forums that engage directly with this community to discuss what they care about most. Today on Future Stops, we sit down with Alexandra Botfeld to talk about her musical journey and how she came to be the creator and host of the Organ Talk video series on Instagram. Well, as I was, I was a pianist originally, and I hopefully still am. And um, as I was studying, uh, we, we didn't have an organ class um, at, the, at the college I was studying it, but uh, we had like a faculty studies with a wish instrument we could try, but it wasn't seen really well. So our teachers would tend to say that the organists are those who don't know how to play piano well. And uh, as I was trying to be a good pianist, I didn't even, I wasn't even curious. Uh, despite the fact that I've listened to the organ music since I was a, a child and I went to the organ concert, I just was really far away from, from this, um, this sphere um, until uh, Olivier Latrie came to town. And I realized, I mean, so many people have this story about him inspiring them and I'm just one of, one of those people who listened and I understood that I just never heard, maybe I never heard a good organ player before. So, and I voluntarily went to try try the organ and uh, into this um, more organ class, and I couldn't couldn't stay away from that since. So I absolutely fell in love with the instrument. This is the moment I tried it. It was in Russia, in Kaliningrad, where I originally come from. We have a beautiful big Alexander Schuke organ, which is about 10 years old. It's really well made, very beautiful. And this was the organ I started studying. And after that, I, I actually sat about six months in Russia because it was my uh, last year as a college and I was moving to Germany to continue my studies as a pianist. And after a year as a high school, as a pianist without possibilities to play the organ, I just knew that. I, I missed it so much. So I prepared myself to the entrance exam with all the knowledge I had. And um, for some incredible reason, I got in, into the university and I was able to continue, to continue organ studies, which I'm very grateful for. And at some point, I just... Uh, I decided not to continue the piano for a master's degree, and I just uh, turned completely to the organ. In turning her focus from the piano to the organ, and immersing herself in the Western European organ tradition, the Russian organ culture Alexandra grew up with is placed in a contrasting light. I think uh, 
now more I do the organ talk, more I see the imprint of the Russian organ culture on me, even though I spent so much time abroad in Europe. Because in Russia, you know, we have Orthodox Russian Orthodox Church, which doesn't have organ or any any instruments. The whole music is only a cappella singing from the choir. And uh, in Russia, we see organ as a concert instrument, which is exactly the same as the violin or piano. And it affects a lot. So this fact of not having a religious connection or not being an instrument of a church by the instrument of a concert hall, it creates a very different attitude uh, from the organist, but also from the public. And uh, I hear a lot from, from European organists going with the concerts to Russia that they see full houses, full concert houses of people, and they just wonder, you know, Olivier Latrice told me, like, you don't always have really good instruments in Russia, but people are inspired to come to listen to. It's not necessarily only the religious connection, but the fact that the organ is a 99% of the cases instrument of a church. And people here in Europe are used to listen to this instrument, like since they were kids. So they go to the church and there is a organist playing accompaniment for the chants. And this is something they have on a daily basis or weekly basis, basically. And at the same time, when in Russia, it's a, it's a rare thing to see an organ. It's something very excited, exciting and not everyone knows, really not many people know how it exactly works and what is it. And I think this is uh, the biggest difference actually. And there is, um, you know, there is no, no such a thing uh, as a sort of base, basis for the concert music, concert organ in Europe, but not only in Europe, I think nowhere basically, because, you know, in Germany, for example, they have two different uh, type of studies for the organist, which is great. They have church music, and concert organ, so you can study one of that, and you can have master degree in church music or in the in the concert thing. But as you graduate from the church musical department, uh, there is a church which welcomes you and gives you a job, and with your diploma you, you can work in the church. But if you graduate from a concert department, you are on your own. There is no such a platform which. Welcome to concert musicians. Despite graduating with a master's degree in concert performance, Alexandra found a job as the organist at St. Pierre de Chartreux in Toulouse. It was on a vacation in Russia at the very beginning of the pandemic lockdown that she found herself in search of a new means of connecting to her organ practice. I wasn't supposed to be there. I basically, I couldn't, I was at the vac on the vacations to visit my family and I couldn't go back in France because as you know, it, it developed really quickly within a few days. All the borders were closed and I couldn't get out. And I, sp I had some dark days just asking myself how, it's going to, how long is it going to be, what's going to happen with me, because, you know, not, not being able to practice or having nothing, not even my organ shoes with me. It was tough because, you know, I, uh, to me, it's, it's hard to stay away from the organ. I'm a bit freak. I, I like, I love playing. I love the process itself. And um, yeah, and I was, someday I was just scrolling through the Instagram and there was a person, I don't even remember who was it, having this live stream with a guest. 
And I mean, it just clicked. I just instantly, I had, I had the whole concept of this, of this project and what it's going to be. And I remember I called Stefano Ferretti, who is uh, leading the La Montevano project on YouTube, which is a great YouTube channel dedicated to the organ music and organ videos. And he's a great friend of mine. I just called him and told, what do you think? Are you ready to be my first guest? And I think within two days, uh, we were online with the first organ talk. Hi, Stefano. Hi, Sasha. <laughs> so this is Stefano, who is also well known as, oh my God, this is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Stefano runs this great project called La Mantavana on, on YouTube. And I actually want to ask you a few questions, Stefano, because uh, you have this cool YouTube channel, but you are not an organist. Not at all, absolutely not. Yeah, you see? So, Basically, I am very grateful to spend this time with my parents, but I didn't have anyone or anything with me um, to connect me with the organ world. And this is how actually this organ talk idea came to life, as not only as a service to the organ community in some way, but also as a therapeutical uh, supportive system for myself too at the very beginning. And now it developed in something very different, of course. Then as you began, a community begins to build. And is that something that you consciously were trying to do? And did, was there any special efforts that you took to go about building this community? Or was it more of an organic process? Oh, you know, I think now when social media is so developed, it's not complicated to create a community around an idea or around a person. Um, and I, I just feel like, Maybe there was already kind of an unspoken need in a dialogue between the organists. This is what I've heard from people. And I think the fact that we are talking right now for the Future Stops podcast also confirming the fact that it was important, <laughs> that it is important, the communication uh, within the organ world. And, um, you know, every guest which, who can bring people with him so the followers who are watching him uh, being a guest in the organ talk and they stay and this is how the community grows. Basically, I don't use much of, uh, you know, techniques to uh, grow followers or I don't, don't play any tricks uh, in, this, in this field. So I just let it grow by itself. Uh, I mean, of course, this is a very special project. We are not even oriented, I mean, to the to the wide public, you know, whether it's really kind of stays within the professional field, which is a thing to work on. Still. What makes Organ Talk unique and exciting to its audience is having some of the biggest names in the organ world engaging in frank, open conversations about the realities of a life spent tucked away in the organ loft. I mean, as a as an organ talks rare favorite, which is interesting because it was our third organ talk with Jean Baptiste Dupont. I mean, it was in the very beginning, but, you know, sometimes we put up a vote. I, I'm sorry, I always say we, but it's me, actually. <laughs> I, I put up a vote uh, in, in my Instagram stories asking guys what is your favorite organ talk so far. And for the six months, almost seven months, he is always winning. He is our organ talk favorite. And it was a very big response, I think, because we were discussing the um, um, CD production and the home production of the recording music of about where is it 
where is it now and what are the possibilities of the future? I think it was one of the keys which made people really think think about it, watch it, and like and also the whole persona of Jean-Baptiste Dupont, he's amazing. And it was really, really interesting talk with him. Of course, the organ talk with Cameron Carpenter was wildly um, um, watched and reacted to. And there were some people who stopped talking to me. It was a whole story. But uh, to work on, something to work on. Uh, Frédéric Blanc was just one of the most inspiring. I mean, they all are so, so good. And there is always reaction. There are always people who have something to say afterwards. And um, this is amazing. The fact that we can communicate directly with the guest and with the audience uh, I think it creates this kind of sense of the community. This sense of community Alexandra refers to is brought to the forefront in the Organ Forum series where she opens the show up to the listeners to talk about issues important to them, issues that aren't always discussed openly in the organ world. And for the forums, oh, there was, I think, the biggest topic we've never, we uh, took on. It was the uh, topic of changing the teachers. Because, you know, even if you have, as a student, you have an absolute right to decide to go to another teacher, even within the same um, high school or the same conservatory, uh, it actually poses a lot of personal problems, often uh, up to the point that the people just decide not to do that. It's, it's a very sensitive topic, of course. Everything about teaching and learning is very sensitive. But I think bringing it up was always also a... An important, an important thing. Yeah, well, some of these challenges have, you know, taken hundreds of years to embed themselves, so they're probably not going to change overnight, especially when the whole world is at a standstill. Um, I think it's, I think it's wonderful and um, ex- exciting um, that these things are being talked about, and I definitely have had my own experience with a teacher, a teaching style that uh, wasn't a good fit, and um, I think that a lot of ideas around teaching are changing. Uh, I have some friends who are teachers in Canada and the way they're taught is so different. You know, things like the person who's doing the talking is the person who's doing the learning. And um, I think it's certainly true on the organ. The person who's playing is the person who's learning. And some teachers like to play more than they want their students to play. I think it's very important to understand that, you know, when you come to a conservatory, you have a teacher, you not necessarily knew this person before and you have to you have to match if you don't it's fine to leave because it's a personal relationship between a teacher and a student it's something you have to be okay with both this is something which i mean it's important to to tell a student before he go to 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 a teacher because there are all the different styles of teaching all those different personalities, different temperaments of... Yeah, a productive dynamic is essential, and it's not guaranteed. Uh, and it's nobody's fault if it doesn't work. Yes, exactly. It's, it's uh, just human communication, which is rich and unpredictable. So my name is Peter Silagi. I'm uh, currently a student and talent uh, organist. <laughs> I, I just uh, saw my Instagram page. And, and uh, I, I found uh, this page where uh, I saw Alexandra talks uh, talked a bit with the other uh, organist. And, and it's, it's very interesting for me 
to see these organists uh, talking with Alexandra about uh, their life. You were one of many people who responded to the Organ Talk Forum episode on performance anxiety. What was your initial reaction when you heard this episode? I, I found uh, this topic quite interesting because it's it's a uh, quite special than the others. Uh, of course, uh, especially the forums are great and good for people who want to share their, their opinions or even experiments uh, that they don't talk publicly. Uh, on the other hand, I found uh, this topic as, as my interesting because, um, you know, everyone is nervous before the concert. Okay, and had you ever, ha ever had a discussion with other organists about this topic before? Uh, before, I don't really. Uh, I don't talk about this topic uh, with others like my teacher or uh, other people's because this is my experience. And, and uh, I, I might just prefer to, to share uh, my opinion. But after um, I tried to, to speak about this experience with, uh, with others like my, my student or my friends or, or even uh, adults with, with adults or even teachers, other teachers. And what did you discover? Discover that uh, I'm not too a nervous person like the others because uh, there are some people who, who, who are very nervous before the concert. Uh, and and can't concentrate on the either for the uh, exams or or for the uh, for the recitals, but I, I discovered that I'm a calm uh, person. I, I believe this. I, uh, you know, I'm just uh, sit down before my I grand open before I start to play the organ uh, and calm down, you know, and concentrate on on the pieces that I want to play. Uh, the psychology of the performance and of a musician, actually, it's already such a complete multi-layer thing. So I, I actually wrote, or, or, or I actually read years ago in the, the musical psychology um, uh, magazine in Russia that if you're anxious, you can imagine that you are the Slav Richter. You know, you can... Mentally prepare yourself. You can physically influence yourself to lower it down. There are all the different techniques. Yeah, it seems like having anxiety a week before a performance, which is something that I've personally experienced many times, is it's a like a like a a trained musician. Um, what is their profession really? It's it's having extreme control over their body, right? Uh, when somebody experiences that kind of anxiety. I guess it's felt it whether it's felt in the body or the mind, and it's it's a feedback loop, uh, you know, in varying degrees. But I guess it, it's a signal to them that there there's a an element of control of the body or control of the mind that's missing from their practice. My my point is always not to think about myself or someone's reaction um, to, to to what I'm doing, but to think concentrate more about the music on the music, which helps me to kind of get away from from this stress because i don't think what is going to happen i think about what is happening now when i'm playing but there are all i mean there are people who get excited a week before the concert or in the time of preparation not only just before going on stage or being on stage <laughs>
You're listening to the Future Stops podcast, an initiative of the Royal Canadian College of Organists. My name is Blake Hargreaves, and I'm your host as we explore the world of the 21st century organ. We just heard today's feature piece, Louis Vierne's Toccata Opus 53 in B-flat minor, performed by Alexander Bartfeld. With the rapid growth and success of the Organ Talk series, her busy career as a professional organist, and the fact that Alexandra produces this series by herself, you might wonder where the project can go from here. Uh, I don't mind it growing. Uh, the question is for me is that we are now uh, very enclosed into our professional community. And I have some ideas on taking it onto the next level and bring it people who are not necessarily organists or musicians into, into the process. But I'm, now I'm very restricted, limited in my time, especially, and all my technical knowledges also. But I will hope that it will, it will grow a bit. I don't like the expression bringing the organ out from the church, but um, making the organ the same as the other instruments. And I think we have to work on the repertoire. We have to work as a as the organist. We have to work on the concert programs which we are creating because not everyone will sit through the whole mess of the granny, you know. And uh, just to think, who are the people who are listening to us? And just figuring this out because time has changed, and now you know with YouTube with all the media, we can not only with people who are listening to the music, they they changed since this time when they were on the vinyls, you know, or people were going to the concert. But the conception of the concert didn't change. I think this is what we could work on. And I think this whole problem is not just an instrument, but the conception itself, which means that I cannot really really alone do something about that but by growing the community i think it's and talking about who we are actually and figuring out where we're heading from here i think it can change something i hope so the organ talk series has already accomplished that as her fan peter zilagi attests and this is what we're all about on future stops the life of an organist can be a lonely one long bouts of practicing either alone or with a passing parade of people milling through the church unaware of the emoting musician. Organ students try to meet their teacher's recommendations and to make sense of one century or the next, pondering such imponderables as the difference between a Bach staccato and a Mozart staccato, and the nerves and performance pressure that no one understands because, well, why would you be nervous to perform when you're up in an organ loft where no one can see you? Organ talk creates a space where concerns like these can be discussed, and we at Future Stops are grateful that Alexandra has created it. I'd like to thank our guests Alexandra Bartfeld and Peter Zilagi for joining us today. To find out more information on the Organ Talk series, visit our Facebook and Instagram, where you can find bonus material and ongoing discussions about all our past episodes. And don't forget to click the subscribe button so you never miss out. Future Stops is a podcast from the Royal Canadian College of Organists, Produced by Andrew O'Connor, with Haley Raymond as community manager and executive producer Elizabeth Shannon. I'm your host, Blake Hargreaves.